Hey, yeah, we back. I'm not sure what happened. It just I thought that it was that it was on the whole time. Yeah, this thing be acting crazy sometimes. <laughs> gonna have to try to figure out something else soon, but we're getting it together. Okay. Okay, well, we just gonna keep going, man. Um, like we were saying, man, you do and got a lot going on. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your whole background. Cause like we said, wow, you done did a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, um, originally I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to Atlanta doing music, and I actually fell into acting by accident through an ex-girlfriend, and oh. that's how I got into doing the acting thing. Um, I got cast into a film called The Pursuit of the American Dream by Bobby and Renee Peoples, and because of my work with them, they opened up the doors to to other people that we're doing stage plays and it's just been an ongoing process ever since. Wow. Um, uh, the music I've been doing since I was, since I was 17. Okay. And I was, my first album was called do or die. And I got signed to a record label out of Grand Rapids called KJ records at the time. And after our deal broke through again, I moved to Atlanta. And since then, every album since do or die has been self-produced. Self-written, mm-hmm. self-arranged, self-organized by me. That's good. Um, the right, the book writing was out of boredom, literally. Um, <laughs> Atlanta had this magazine. I'm not sure if it's still in operation, but it was called Creative Loafing. And every year they have, they were having a writing contest. And like again, I was bored. I didn't have anything else to do at the time, so I just wrote a short story. It was like a three thousand word short story. I submitted it to Creative Loafing. I didn't win, but I got mentioned, and that's what made me interested in seeing what else I could do with it. Mm-hmm. And that turned into my first book called Love for the Game, and then it just love it just went from there. Um, I have Love for the Game book one, Love for the Game. Part two, Balls in My Word. Okay. And then there's a psychological thriller called Brutal. And then there's two poetry books. Oh. And are they available like online, the purchase? Yes, ma'am. Um, you can find the books anywhere online. Um, the, the main website is, is called uh, lulu.com. Okay. And you can find those books there. And it's just. It's just been an amazing process from start to finish. Um, Lulu is a self-publishing website. Okay. So if you ever want to write a book and you don't want to have to pay these exorbitant costs to get it published, Lulu is one of the best sites that I found to help an independent person um, put together their book, promote their book, and get it out there. Ah. We might actually need to uh, send that to us because we have a book too. Um, it's a poetry book, but we're working on our second one, kind of a biography of our life, you know, if you will. But we're doing it in different chapters. So we was actually looking for um, some publishing that ain't going to bust us upside the head. So, yeah, we might need that info. Most definitely. It's been a very big benefit to me with, with my books. Like every single one of my books are released through the Lulu website. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of Lulu is that you don't have to pay any upfront any upfront costs. Oh well, okay. They charge you by they charge you based on how many pages your book is, but then they don't charge you until your book is sold. Like they charge, they get their money as you know per book sale. Right. So they get a percentage. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's that sounds reasonable. That's good. So yeah, we might need that. Okay, man. So let's talk about this music. You say you got nine albums. Yep. How you had time to do nine albums? <laughs> When you when you put together your own equipment to set mm-hmm. up your own little studio, you have all the time in the world to do whatever you want. That's true. 
So you got your own um, record label or just um, studio? Both. Um, I actually have a label called, it's called A&X Records for Ain't No Excuses. Okay. um, But everything is done. Like I have a two, I live in a two bedroom apartment. My second room is my recording studio. Okay. Okay, sure. That sounds just like our husband. We actually um producing, writing, and doing our own music. He has a record label that we are part of now. So that's what's your favorite part about doing that? Having the freedom to do what you want when you want to do it, and nobody having to tell you mm-hmm. that you can't say it. That it might be uh might be a conflict of interest or it might be controversial. You don't have to worry about all that because you're the only person you had to answer to. Yep. That's what we love about um writing our own music. You know, it's gonna sound corny, but like you say, you can do what you want to do, how you want to do it. And that's one of the things that we love. We can write whether we angry or we in a good mood or we just want to get something out, whatever it may be. And now that we know how to um produce our own beats that's even better because now we really feel like that's all us so we can definitely um relate to what you're saying on that it's it's an expression you can't just i don't know if you listen to what's out now but it just sounds like that's stuff being thrown together it's not like you know old school and we old school all day um they actually meant something. The lyrics meant something. So that's one right. of the things that's important to us when we're doing music. The lyrics got to be, can't be just garbage, you know? <laughs> KRS-One said it best that we that one of the goals of hip-hop music was to teach. Mm-hmm. And everybody is scared to do that now. Everybody is scared to, to stand up and be an individual. Like you, you, know, like you said, like everything sounds the same. Like You can't tell one artist from the next artist now. Nope. Especially with this this auto tune thing, everybody sounds alike. <laughs> you know that I I don't get that. No. Like that you can never confuse KRS One with Public Enemy. Nope. You know, and it, it's just the whole thing with music. Like they've lost it. Like, I I call it the um. I had a name for it, but basically these mm. artists have to stand up and stand for something. Yeah, it got to be more than they just want to make money. Right. And you know, everybody wants to be a thug until it's time to really be one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I want to talk that talk, but you can't walk that path. It don't work like that. So as far as your music, um, you more R&B? Um, old school rap, new school, a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything, but more, but more old school. Okay. Um, I do have some some ballads. I, I've I've actually tried to go back into doing almost basically like rap ballads to try and remind these people that of the days when we actually wanted women in hip hop. You know, before before we were calling y'all out your name and degrading y'all mm-hmm. and demeaning y'all. I'm, Man. You know, trying to go back to that and remind them that there was a time that we actually loved y'all and that we catered to y'all and we wanted to be with y'all and somehow it got lost in the mix somewhere. So, and again, my music is, is again based on how I feel on that particular day. I mean, I can be pissed off one minute and <laughs> I can write something that that will specifically let you know that I'm mad at you without saying your name, yep. or or I could do something to make you party or make you think. It all depends. It all depends on what I'm going through at that time. Yep, that's the same thing here, man. That same thing here. That's one of the other things that we love. You ain't never gonna know because we're not gonna say your name. <laughs> but please believe. If we done been through something with somebody, more than likely you done became material. And it's right. not to call out your name, but, you know, that's one of the things we said we love, you know, being able to express that without nobody, what's the word, judging, you know, having something to say. Because you don't know what we done been through. Right. And if you did. 
And if you listen to the song, you know that we talk. You know that who is if it's about you, you'll know without the name being said. You'll know. Always, always. That's one of the things we love. So, okay, you model too. I have tried it a couple times. It was, <laughs> it, it, it's been fun, but you know, it, this is like I'm. I'm all. I'm all about enjoying my part, enjoying my life. And if I get an opportunity to do something different, I take it. And modeling, I had somebody asked me if I wanted to be a, in a in a fashion show. I was like, sure. But man, doing all nah. of that turning and posing. And, <laughs> Trying to remember where the camera is and make sure. I'm like, nah, I can't do that. I gotta I, just put me on the stage and give me a microphone, and I'm happy. <laughs> that wasn't for you, huh? <laughs> so, nah, well, we know about that. We did modeling too. Did a little bit in Atlanta and been there about two years, but we already know how it is. But yeah, that's a lot. That that's a whole lot. Um, tell us about what's this? The storyteller sessions. Is that one of your books? Nope. Actually, the Storyteller Sessions is by my man, uh, Profound Clark. And what right. he does is people send him people send him scripts, like writers, script writers send him scripts that they want to bring to life. And what he does is he assembles a cast from pretty much everywhere. Okay. And, and we read the scripts for say if you are the script and you send it to Profound, he would put a cast together and you would sit there and you would listen to your script being read aloud. Okay. So that you get an idea of what it's going to sound like, you know, what different actors would sound like. Um, some of the actors, they'll give you, at the end of the session, there's a discussion afterwards and they'll let you know what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it, what you need to improve on what they think would make it a better script. They they give you positive feedback on your script. So is that like a um table reading? Basically, yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Yep, and he does it every Tuesday and Thursday online. Oh, okay, okay. And this the um the Royal Heist. Or this by some AJ. Oh, I don't want to say his name wrong. Don't feel bad because I guess that it too. Um, I, 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 I like messing up people's name, but this is someone else that's doing the same thing for the Royal Heist. No, actually, he the, this one was interesting because he's actually located in India. Oh, and and the Royal Heist was a, a story that he wrote, and okay. he also assembled an international cast. Um, there was myself. There were people from England. There were people from Australia. There were people from all over the world that were a part of it. And we're basically playing different characters in his story. Okay. So they pretty much doing the same thing. That's why we was asking. Like, Yeah. That. Okay. Okay. Well, where can anyone find them if they want to, you know, possibly work with them? Uh, uh, Jay is, he, everyone, both him and Profound are on Facebook. Okay. Oh, wait. Yeah, Jay is on it's on Facebook. Profound is on Facebook. Um, anybody that is an actor or wants to be an actor or just wants to learn different things about script writing, Profound's sessions are great, and it keeps you in practice with your with being an actor as well. Because okay. these guys, you know these guys they allow you to be yourself, and however you feel that the character should sound. You can roll with it. Their whole thing is just to, to see what it sounds like. Right. See how it's going to come out, you mm-hmm. know. And then that's and, smart. And they're, they're also other, they're, they're other actors. They're also script writers. There's an eclectic field of people that are that are in the session. It's not just all actors. Like, everybody is doing something. That's good. So it ain't just one person doing one thing. Everybody actually involved every step of the project. Definitely. And um, through Profound, I was actually booked on an inter- on an internet play last year. You say internet play? An, an internet play. Oh, I never done one of them. 
there was a, one of the first of its kind. We actually performed it online. Everybody was at, in their home, you know, because of the pandemic and everything. Right. But we, we performed the play from where we were. Wow. Okay. That's new. How was that? It was fun. Really? It, it was fun. It was interesting. It was something new. And uh, we had a good, you know, we had a good audience. We had a very good response okay. from it. And they're looking to do it again in the future. Hmm. So y'all actually, you know, in costume from like, yep. okay, wow, that's, I never heard of that. That's nice. <laughs> yep, you're sitting at home in front of your camera, in front of your camera and you're doing your, you're doing your lines just like as if you were on a regular stage play. You just, right. you just online. That's amazing. Wow. Okay, man. So you voted again for ATL's hottest? Second year in a row. Wow. Congratulations. So thank you. So I, I so, won it last year. Congratulations. And yeah. Go ahead. Well, Brian Marshall runs the ATL's hottest program. And Basically, you know, of course, you have to be from you had to be in Atlanta, but yeah. um, pe- people call in, people go online to the website and they and they cast their vote for you, mm-hmm. and the voting goes until November, I believe, yeah, to the beginning of November, and then the announce the winners are announced, and you get a nice little plaque saying that you are ATL's hottest. They have it for different categories. They have um. Best act, the hottest actor, hottest actress, mm-hmm. hottest DJ, um, hottest hair designer, hottest fashion fashion designer, hottest club, hottest you know whatever you could think of in entertainment, they have a category for it. Actually, man, don't mean to cut you off. We might have crossed paths because we actually been to ATL's hottest. Okay. We don't know if you even remember meeting us, but at the time we were with uh, Demario Scott. Now, that's my boy. So we yeah. probably have crossed paths. Yeah, we probably did. That's why I, when you hit me up, I'm like, he probably don't even remember me. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, we know all about um, ATL's highs. That's one reason why we brought him up. But um, yeah, so winning that, does it get you more connections? We was always wondering that. Like, does it make you more accessible to people? It gives it gives people that don't know you. It, gives, it opens the door to that to them to those folks. Um, I've had I had a guy come up to me when I won the ATL hottest last year, and he was like, "Didn't I just see you on t- on TV?" And I'm like, "I don't know, did you?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, you were a detective or something." And I was like, "Oh yeah, 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 that was me. I was yeah, I was in a movie called The Struggle by a gentleman okay. named." Um, from Rip Entertainment Films in Memphis, Tennessee, and I was a detective, and I had to make sure that, you know, I was the right person that he was talking to. So, but it it does open the doors, and it, it, it's the local notoriety, basically. Right. Yeah, oh yeah, we already knowing. Yeah, and Demario, matter of fact, Demario is nominated this year in about four categories. Oh, that's good. So and he and I we've done we've worked together. I I actually did one of his model shows back in the day, and we just did a movie. To, we were in a movie together last year called "What Death Do We Part" by E. J. A. Adams. Oh, okay. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's real good. You know, everybody. It's enough one fair by here to do their thing. So you know, that's great. As long as everybody keeps that in mind, that there's room for everybody. You know, everybody right. has this competition thing, where, yeah. and it's not, it's not even it's not that serious. Atlanta is no. too big yet too small, but there's room, <laughs> there's room for everybody down here. You know, it's it's everywhere too. You know, everybody go down their path, and you know, we cross paths with you know whomever, but. A lot of our people, and we pretty sure you know this, we don't know how to do that because we always be in competition and we never understood why. Just like even if we never speak to anybody again, we still wish you well. You know what we're saying? We don't wish no hate, no ill, whatever. We don't even care if it's baby daddy. (laughs) You know, whatever you're doing, 
long as you happy, that that's how we are. But a lot of our people don't even think like that. You know, we've had to grow and we've grown a lot since we left Atlanta. You know, our whole life done changed. But we we understand, but it's like we don't at the same time. But it's been programmed in us. We just everybody just got to do their thing. And that's the best way to be because it keeps you out of trouble. Yep. Mind your business. <laughs> I'm still trying to like it sounds like I do remember you. Didn't you did you come to a play once that Demario and myself were in called um oh my god, I cannot know. Um it was in Stone Mountain. it was in Stone Mountain. Yeah, we believe so. It was was it Gloria doing it? Gloria Worthy? Yes. Yep. Uh, we can't remember the name of the play, but we believe we did because I think everybody took a picture afterwards. But yeah, I think so. That might have been that and probably ATL's hottest. Okay. But yeah, I, I can't remember the name of the play, but I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. I think I do remember you now. Yeah. Yeah, that was us. <laughs> That's what I said. No, Atlanta is. is Big, but it's small for the entertainment industry because everybody comes across everybody. That's crazy. It's actually it's a big but small world, so you never know. But you never that, know, man. But we wanted to um to <laughs> for sure, for sure. But we wanted to ask, um, do you have a favorite role that you played or you wanna play? Possibly one day. Right now, I'm look. I would love to be either the ultimate superhero, or the ultimate supervillain, or the ultimate hero, or the ultimate villain. Like superhero movie, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's about the only thing that I haven't done. I have been a hitman, a vampire. I've been the cheated on husband, the cheating husband. Oh. Um. The pastor, the deacon, that you name it, I've pre- I probably pretty much played it. Wow, wow! So, like we said, you got a whole span of acting, music, a little bit of modeling. I think we said that. <laughs> now you get more recognition at you know ATL's highest, and we definitely, like we said, salute anybody that's doing their thing. So. Um, with all that being said, how does that feel? You know, have you had any struggles, you know, getting to where you are? If so, you know, what helped you keep moving? Well, with anything, you know, there's always going to be struggles. And the main thing is just being determined and being tenacious in what it says that you want to do. And one of the things that I tell people is that Whatever you speak it to the universe, the universe is going to test you to see how bad that you want it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be your test. And the objective, the objective is to pass the test. And if you really want it, that's what you're going to do. But if you just talk in just to hear yourself talk, you're not going to pass the test. Whether it's in music, whether it's in acting or whatever, knows are part of the job. It goes with the territory. And if you cannot handle the word no, then you're in the wrong line of business. I mean, that's that's the best way to put it. Expect the no's because no matter how many no's you get, there's going to be a yes that's going to come in there somewhere. I have auditioned, yeah, I've auditioned for that many one. roles and I didn't get every role. Nah. But, but the ones that I did get, were those were the ones that were meant for me. And even though I didn't feel it that I was right for it. It still worked out. I mean, like when I got on my own doing this, I kept getting cast for religious roles. And at that particular time in my life, it's like, yo, um, see, me and God, we cool and everything, but um, I don't play with God like that. <laughs> oh no, we understand. <laughs> But you know, because like there was a there was a play that they cast me in, and I was the, I was the pastor, and I was like, and as soon as they said, "Well, you're gonna be Pastor Alder," I'm like, "Oh, come on, we need to have a little conversation because see, me and God, we cool with all, but 
we ain't that kind of quite cool yet. And he said, oh, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. You can play the pastor. You're good. You're good. I was like, okay. <laughs> so as we start going through it, there's a part where the pat where Pastor Alder has to do a prayer. And I'm flipping through the script, and I'm like, okay, well, where's the prayer at? What page is it on? And I don't see it. And it's like, oh, yeah. Pastor Alder has, he has the freestyle of prayer. Okay, hold on. See, we need to have a conversation here because, see, me and God, we cool and everything, but we ain't quite cool like that. (laughs) Right. We already know. (laughs) Really? That was always tricky, though. Yeah, it's like every time somebody saw me, it's like you're a pastor and you're a deacon. I'm like, yo, I am so far from that kind of person. Oh, but you got it, you got it. And I'm like, okay. But if I was y'all, I, I suggested y'all stand to the left or to the right in case the lightning come down because he might even be. <laughs> <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like next month oh, I have man. a thing coming up called um shop talk and I play a pastor his name is Clayton Senior and Clayton Senior has a whole house hmm. yeah so he's the pastor of the church he has a whole house and he's teaching his son to follow in his footsteps Oh wow, that's amazing! Yeah, so so I'm like, okay, now just y'all remember now, this is an act. I'm just pretending to be a pastor. Yeah, them them roles they be tricky though, because like you said, you got to be real careful with those because people be about this religion. (laughs) Ooh, man, I'm just playing a role, man. Calm down, right? (laughs) Ain't that deep? You don't know what my religion is. Like we Muslim, so. Uh, whatever you believe, that's what you believe. But you know, I'm just playing a role. Like we don't judge nobody. We done did uh think a Christmas play a couple of years ago. So we already know. But at the but same time, mm-hmm. because you get to portray all of these different characters and you get to bring all of these people to life. And it's it's a it's a it's a great experience being an actor. Like I've never had so much fun. That's good. <laughs> so out of everything that you doing, man, this don't know if you, you can even pick one, but music, acting, writing, what's your favorite thing to do? Music will always be my first love because you know, music is for especially for us, music is therapeutic. You know, like so we can get our feelings out. We can get our anxiety out. We can get our frustrations out by just writing a song. But that will always be my first love. That's good. That's the same thing here, man. Always. I We love music. That done got us through the hardest days. Y'all have no idea. And like we said, now that we know how to do our own music, it's even better. It, it's beautiful. We know you already know that. Um, and we like to be hands on, and it sounds like you do too. <laughs> so we already know making something, I bet creating something from your own mind. Mm-hmm. It don't get no better than that. It don't. We don't even care if you're writing. Uh, it's it's all about freedom of expression, and mm-hmm. music is our greatest is our greatest form. Even from the motherland, you know that that's that's inborn in us to be musically creative, and no matter what, they can't take that away. <laughs> yeah, we were created to do a lot of things that we ain't doing as black people, and the more and more we go out these doors, we just want to stay in. It we failing so bad. A lot of us really need to. Like you said, you know, stand up, and, and a lot of us don't want to do that. Well, a lot of people, especially this this new age of artists, they're scared. And I say this on a regular basis: they're scared to be the next martyr, so to speak, because anything that 
induces change comes with a risk. Martin Luther King oh, knew the risk. Malcolm X knew the risk. And as far as music goes, Tupac knew the risk. And nobody wants to be the next Tupac. Everybody is scared to step on some toes and say, look, this is what we need to do as a people. This is what we need to do as a whole. We need to stop killing each other. We need to put the guns down and actually have a conversation. You know, everybody, everybody thinks that they're the bigger man because they got a gun. But again, I'm from the old school. If I got a beef with you, we just said we just step out on the block and we handle it. And either we friends afterwards or we not friends afterwards, but nobody ever died afterwards. Right. Everybody went home. Now everybody got an ego like, oh, I'm gonna poo myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a bigger idiot than you. I, I, the, we, the only thing that is being proven is that they've certain factors in this nation have constantly held the belief that we are nothing but a bunch of savages. Exactly. And we keep proving that, even though that other side is far more savage than we are. We're feeding, we're feeding their beast by killing each other, not realizing. That's true. That's true. And that's been um, programmed in us from the moment they brought us over here. Exactly. And I don't know if everybody remembers that there was a letter that came out a while back by supposedly by a member of the Ku Klux Klan that was thanking black people for doing their job for them. Oh, yeah. I heard him tell us about that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Said, you know, we don't have to keep killing y'all because y'all doing it yourself. And if we remember correctly, isn't that why they slowed down the stop? Because we took over? Yep. For a minute, they did. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, now is again, it's that bravado that I had to be the biggest. I had to be the biggest man on the yard. But how are you going to be the biggest man in the yard when you locked up in a cell? <laughs> Don't think about that, now, do we? Yeah. Don't think about the consequence. We just react. You want to be famous, but how can you be famous when you dead? You know, there's. there's, there's <laughs> You know, they they not thinking about that. It's the they whole thing. Oh, he crossed me and he got to pay for it. Why? Yep. Emotional content. That's why, because we're not thinking logically. We're thinking with emotion, like you just said. Somebody do something to you, you got to prove yourself or get back at them, and instead of just moving on, going on about your business and letting. Life get to them because it will. It's gonna catch up to them, right? Or because every single time, if somebody rap is better than yours, you just go back in the lab and you rewrite. I mean, that's what we did. We we come from the world of battle rap, and either your rap was tight or it wasn't, and you go back and you work on it and you come back again. But we didn't ever like. I gotta kill you because your rhyme was doper than mine. that line hit harder than it was supposed to. So now I got to take you out because my people was laughing at me because you got me. Oh, right. You know, let's be serious. Let's be serious. I mean, you, it's music at the end of the day and either you got it or you don't. Or, you know, again, you go back to the lab and you rework it. You know, that that's another thing um, we've been programmed to do too. Yeah. We've been programmed and trained to do so much, everything but the righteous thing to do, and that's help each other, support each other, actually have a baby and stay with somebody, you know, right. uh, loyalty, respect. respect. Uh, we don't know how to do none of that without feeling like um, it's being taken away from us, and really, it's it's not. We've been programmed. It's It's sad. Really, to think backwards, because you never heard you never heard Van Halen fighting with Mega uh, with uh, with Megadeth or I forget what what rock bands is out here, but you never heard none yeah. of them. 
You never heard any rock band. You you never heard um, Air Supply fighting against Rush or something like that. You know, you never heard anything like that. Air Supply fighting Barry Manilow. <laughs> they just went did a song, <laughs> kept it moving. <laughs> right. But we do a song, and because we said something about somebody, you, you got to go shoot somebody. Like, yo, just go in the studio. Yeah. Two, like, I mean, Tupac was one of the best ones that was at it. And Tupac will write a song about you, and you you really couldn't do nothing. Like, all right, dang, man. You know, he, I, I mean, the most rawest song that he did was hit him up. Oh, yeah. And he hit everybody. And could nobody oh, say yeah. anything? It, it was to the point where that, that you can, you didn't feel if you made it if Tupac didn't mention you in a song. <laughs> That's true, though. <laughs> you didn't get mad at him. You was just like, dang, Tupac. Man, Tupac, Tupac admitted me. He raw dog me in the song, man. Tupac noticed me. That, that's what it was. But now, y'all, these boys out here, you get mentioned in the song and you want to fight. You want to go get your boys. You want to go have a shootout in the middle of the street over words. Backwards. Just go back in the studio. Write your own diss track. That's what we did. Dang. It's Candy and the man. Okay, they got me. They got me. But that's all right, though. Wait till I come out the studio. I got something for them. It might take me a minute. But I'm going to get them back. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, focus on you. They might be doing better or doing their thing. Focus on you. You see somebody feel like they about that I do you whatever okay wait till we come back that's what we did we kind of disappeared for a minute and stopped doing a lot of things we wasn't on Facebook or nothing for a minute because we was you know getting ourselves together when we did same mentality we wasn't mad we ain't hate nobody we didn't even know what a lot of people had going on right by the time we came back we was like this time we finna come back 100% better than ever that's the way, that's the mentality that we had to get back from. Like we had to keep reminding each other that we are descended from kings and queens. Yep. And we had to go back to that. That we had to go back to remembering that you know most of us men had to go back to remembering that without y'all, we wouldn't be here. So it's it's not about calling y'all. You know, if I can say this, but it's not about calling y'all bitches and hoes. And degrading y'all and demeaning y'all when we really can't live without y'all. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, you cool, man. You good on that. But yeah, that's true. That's the same thing our husbands say. You know, you can't, you're not gonna make it in this world by yourself. You can lie all you want, but you're not. Find you somebody, get you some loyal people around you, and hold on to them. Exactly. Like we don't know how to do that, period. Or we do, but it's like what we said a minute ago, like too much like being right or being mm-hmm. righteous because we talk about them being fully evil. We are too, and yeah, it came from them, but we can change right. that. But we how just long are we going to keep using that excuse? Right, but we have to want to change it. You know, like they, they have the Black Lives Matter movement but <clears throat> black no. lives is not going to matter to anybody else until black lives matter to us. Exactly. We can't expect nobody to value our life when we don't even value our own or other people's life, let alone our own people. That's like asking somebody to respect you, male or female, but you ain't giving them nothing to respect. We just we just have to get it together. I mean, all the the other races can get together. They can pull together. They can accomplish everything. We yep. are the only ones that go against each other, and there's no yep. reason for it. Oh no, people got reasons. They don't make no sense, but they got reasons because it's convenient down, for them. Right. If they sit down and reevaluate, I mean, like. It's sad that it's sometimes that even it's the closest ones to you that do you the most dirty. <laughs> and that, if people remember Nipsey Hussle, 
The guy that killed him was a part of his clique. The guy that, oh, yeah, they, yeah. They show they showed the pictures where he's right. He there's a picture of Nipsey Hussle with his crew, and this guy is like on the in the front row to the right. And you know, and you know, this is this is supposed to be your boy. How you kill your own? How you kill your own homeboy? That's making it. That's opening the door for you. Jealousy. And the jealousy don't make any sense. I mean, we're supposed, our, we are supposed to help each other out. We're supposed to open the door for each other. Just because the opportunity isn't right for me, doesn't mean that it's not right for you. True. And there's all kinds of doors that are out here for us, but some of these doors are connected to other people. Now there may be a door that I'm trying to get into and I can't get into it for a particular reason, you and your husband might be the key to that door. But if I don't open up another doorway that helps you out, that door is never going to be open. There's a connection in everything. Yep. But we're too busy trying to break the door down instead of just like, (laughs) hold on, let me see what Miss Candy and her husband need and I go and help you. I know you know what, Mister Johnson over here is looking for somebody that can do this and this and that. Well, Mister Johnson is the door that I've been trying to get open for two years. All right. But I was too busy. I'm hating on you and your husband for something <laughs> that's trivial and menial, because based on something that I heard, not that I know from fact, because somebody told me something about you and your husband, and I believed it, so I'm not helping you out. And because I'm not helping you out, that door is not opening. And how are we going to get further? You nobody can't. Sees, right, nobody sees that part. They just see, well, well, I heard such and such, and I heard this and that, and I heard this and that. Find out for yourself. Exactly. Because the person that's giving you this rumor or this story, you don't know the whole story. You know their version of what happened between them and Miss Candy and her husband, but you haven't got Miss Candy and her husband's side of the story, which may shed more truth on what really happened. Because nobody likes to tell their fault in the story. Never. They'll tell what you did and how you reacted and how wrong you were, but they'll never say what they did to you to bring that emotion and that animosity out of you. <laughs> and it's just like what we said we fell in so much we fell in so much um, we dealt with people that did that and we had to cut them off yeah. y'all gonna stop our growth our progress we didn't care who it was everything we trying to do a lot of people we used to deal with and take stuff from we don't do that no more you know, because that's another thing. You got to separate. Only yeah. if them people don't mean you no good. We're supposed to come together. We're supposed to help each other, but we ain't supposed to backstab. Right. That's another thing. We got it. it, it it's messed up. This whole world, the United States, as they call it, got us all messed up. We the only race. Everybody laughing at us, calling us niggas. Let's just <laughs> be real. And we looking like, why? With your pants sagging, you half naked, and weave and makeup, you don't even know who you really are. Exactly. Because you too we busy hiding. trying to beat them. Yep. And if but we hope- keep saying black women with this, what is this, blonde weave? Right. Man, we about to scream. One, uh, y'all want to look like a devil? Seriously? And meanwhile, the devil is steady trying to look like us. They try to walk like us. They try to talk like us. They trying to dress like us. They trying to steal the music from us. Well, they did that. Because they don't really have any identity. Well, they did that. 
everything we created, they took it and made it into their own version, and that's like they're the ones that came up with it. Name one black invention that you know of that they ain't stole. This is true. And for for a minute, back in the day, they tried to steal the corn roll. <laughs> oh wow. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, you you didn't know about that, did you? No, that don't make no sense. No. <laughs> uh, her name was there's a, a actress named Bo Derek. They put her on the front page of the USA Today as the inventor of the corn roll. Why and that black, sound familiar? The black folks lost their mind because it because we knew. But they sure tried to give they sure tried to give it to her as the creator of the corn roll. Y'all can't create nothing. We create everything. Everything. How, how y'all gonna do that? We own this whole earth. Do y'all even know that? No, they don't. They they've used their science to try and disprove that we are the original people of this earth. And their own science has proven that life began in Africa. Yep. And at the time, even if people remember the old Bibles that had the maps in them, there were no black people at that time. There were no black people around Egypt, around Jerusalem. Of Israel, there were no, there were no Caucasian people. We, mm. we've, we've touched every facet of this planet. They yep. give Christopher Columbus credit for discovering America when black folks were in were in America four hundred years before Columbus ever set foot. We were just weren't yeah. trying to discover it and conquer it. We were just doing business. And making connections with the Indians. There is so much about our history that we don't been lied to about, and so much that we don't know because these so-called scientists done took everything and flat out lied about it. Y'all will be surprised how much knowledge these people have about us. More than what we have, knowing it belongs to us, and don't want to share it. We are the ones that taught white people how to wash their behinds. Yep, the Moors did because they didn't even know how to wash. They didn't know nothing about about soap and water, brushing their teeth. They didn't know anything about any of that. But like you said, they've taken everything that we've taught them and have turned it against us and we've allowed it to happen. Yeah, make us think we the savages and we really the original man and the original woman. They're the savage. They're the beast-like. Not not us. But that's what we've been programmed to believe. And everything that they've touched has been through lies, murder, deceit, trickery. Even the taking over of this nation. Hmm. Because the people that came over here from England to establish America, these were people that were kicked out of England. They were murderers and despots and and rapists that were kicked out of the country that England didn't want. And they came here and they did the exact same thing. They killed, raped, pillaged, murdered, whatever they had to to justify what they wanted to do. Yep. So their ancestors, that's what they did. Their blood is still in them, just like our slave ancestors' blood is in us. So everybody talking about we need to get over it and let it go. This American flag, everybody like to salute. No good. We need to wake up and get our own knowledge, stop believing what's on the news, because they even lie about that. We don't know how you present the news and still lie about it, but they find a way to do it every time. They got more info. Oh, we can't say it, but they got more info than what they telling us. And we stupid enough to just flip on the TV or read an article. We don't do no type of research. We'll believe anything about our history just because it was put in the book. 
And ninety nine percent of that ain't even true. Exactly. Everything is based on whoever wins the war. Whoever wins the war can tell the story the way they want to. Yep. Or if they um take over. And until we come together and actually be tired, be sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's not going to stop. Nope. And we ain't nowhere near that yet. We love this fantasy. That's what we call it now, fantasy. We love this fantasy that we live in because we ain't got to be held accountable. We can still do what we want to do. You know, everybody love this, being a slave and working for somebody else and paying taxes. Like we said a minute ago, saluting that flag. That's not for black people. Might we point that out? A lot of us don't know that either. Um, We love it. We are still considered three-fifths of a human being by the Constitution of the United States of America. <laughs> they have never they have never repealed that. They've never taken it out. They've never erased it. We are not considered a full human being by the people of this nation. Which is part of the reason why they continue to treat us like they do because they're, they've been taught that we're not a full human being in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And until we stand up and start doing our own research, pick up the right books, we ain't gonna know nothing. We're gonna keep living in it because we love it so much. And a lot of us don't want to find the truth. No, because it's more we- comfortable living the lie. Because we love this world. <laughs> it's whole damn fantasy, everything. So we can march and Black Lives Matter and all that BS all we want to, but that's not going to do nothing. We can go loot, riot, whatever. That's not going to do nothing. We got the power. <laughs> whether we know this or not. Whether we believe this or not. And we know we do. We can't speak for nobody else. But we got the power to shut all this down. But until we do, until we do, they're going to keep on putting us in that corner. And we got to come out of it. It's past time for us to realize who we are, what we're meant to be. It's it's time. It's it's past time. I mean, the older generation is slowly passing away. And at this point, they really have nobody to pass the baton to. Nope. And, and that's both sad and frightening at the same time. Yeah. And us men, as men, we need to take a bigger stand on, on our young brothers and make them understand who they are and the power that they have instead of uh-huh. writing them off, instead of leaving instead of leaving mothers to raise these men by themselves. And I'm not saying that women cannot because my mother did a damn good job with me to the best of her ability. Right. But there's still that male presence that has to be there and we're not we're not doing it. That that is true. Cause you know, we got four kids and we got two boys and not saying them women can't do it. It's they need that male presence. They they need that because there's certain things we can't teach them. So, you know, it, it is what it is, but and a lot of us women can step up and show these little girls how to do it better, too, because we not what well, we send on social media. It don't make no sense. We're exactly. not doing a good job either. We're not. We're showing these little girls how to be hoes. That's what we're doing. Because a lot of these parents are too busy trying to be friends with their parents, with their kids instead of being parents. Yep. They rather smoke and drink and get high and party with their kids instead of teaching them responsibilities financial literacy how to be a be a young man how to be a young woman how to present yourself as a young man and as a young woman that's what we (laughs) that's what we got to pick from but us women we we can step up a little bit too cover up a little bit Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we can show these girls, you know, how to keep a job, just like we did with our oldest daughter. She got two jobs in high school, about to graduate. And it, it, you gotta do all that. It's not necessary. I mean, it's. It, it, we don't it's know. We uh, let me make sure you say it's right. We don't know how to do it because it wasn't shown to us. We had to learn right. it, and then we had to, you know, try our hardest to show it to our daughter. And she obviously listened to something we said because, you know, she about to graduate, working two jobs. I think she had to stop one because she went back to school, but still working. You know, ain't been in no jail, ain't been in no kind of trouble, none of that. You know, we got to teach them some other than shaking their behind and talking about how good what's in between their legs is, which a lot more women got that. So it ain't just you. You can use your brain. Exactly. And show these girls how to do it. That's what we try to do at our platform. Our page be so boring. The only time we put something up is when <laughs> we got something going on. We'll put a picture here and there or, you know, post about our kids or whatever. But ours be so dry since we became Muslim because we're not finna put all that out there. We don't even want to see it no right. more. So now we just try to show everybody, okay, we're using our brain now instead of our body to we still trying to push and grind and work. That's what you need to put out there. We see one more of these fake celebrities. <laughs> what were they, forties or fifties? We don't know how old they are. Were they behind all up? No, y'all that y'all going backwards. What, what are you doing? Somebody, little girl, a daughter gonna see that and they're gonna think it's cool. And wanna be just like you, not understanding what goes along with that. You know what make us mad with these so-called celebrities? Y'all got the platform and y'all not even using it, right? Y'all just making money to put in your pocket. Y'all not building no apartments, buying no land. Uh, You're not putting nobody else you know on. Uh, Food. Pay somebody a bill. Nothing. Y'all just be getting there to look good and... Was this a uh, competition we was talking about? Who got yep. the most, got the biggest car, who can travel the most? Meanwhile, there's people out here actually can use that and wake people up. But y'all not doing that. Like we said, y'all showing these little girls how to be hoes and y'all showing these little boys how to keep being niggas. And guess what? Everybody going to get dead. Exactly, because they but they don't see anything wrong with it, and neither does the establishment that orchestrates all of that. Because they they allow these folks to dic- to dictate how they're going to dress, how they're going to talk, what the world is going to what the world will and will not accept. And it's like anything that's positive is not acceptable anymore. Like the more the raunchier the you, the raunchier that you are. Mm-hmm. The bigger, the bigger of a star that you're going to be. God forbid that you actually come out dressed, you know, nicely, and speak professionally, and let that be an influence on somebody. <laughs> I don't want to say that. We don't. We don't want to come back. We get out of the hood, and we don't want to come back. But we steadily brag about how we came from the hood and how much we love the hood, but you'll never come back once you leave. And well, if you help. do come back, you have a million bodyguards. Mm-mm. Like we said, man, we're going to close out on this note. But, yeah, we, we got to do better. Go back to your hood. Build some stuff like we just said. You know, help your people out. The same ones that are supporting you. Buying your shoes, music, going to see your movie, whatever. Go back there. That's what a lot of these rappers, that's what we don't like with them. Shout out to my hood. What you doing for it? Right. It's easy to <laughs> talk it from across the street, but come back on our side where you came from. Exactly. Exactly, man. Well, um, on that note, man, we're going to go ahead and close out. Thank you um, once again for coming on the show. We definitely enjoy talking to you and having you on. Um, go ahead and give everybody whatever social media what you got coming up, 
and we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Okay, well, and you can find me on IG and on Facebook under Next Icon N X I C O N, or on IG under the actor Willie D. Uh, the next project that I do have coming up is going to be Shop Talk, which is going to be September twenty fourth in Birmingham, Alabama. All right, man. Well, best of luck with that and everything else. If you ever need us again, you know you can hit us up anytime. Um, Most you got anything else going on? We definitely want to talk about the music thing and the um book. So we're going to get together on that, too. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Candy, for y'all's time. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe, man. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Y'all be safe, too. All right. You, too. Peace. All right.